In Chicago, the highest number of COVID-19 deaths are in Black and Latino communities. Racism, pre-existing health conditions, overcrowding, and language access are all contributing factors. Through laughs and tears, family members shared with WBEZ reporters the health journeys and personal stories of people who died from COVID-19. WBEZ captured some of their voices in this audio montage. We are seeing a picture of my mom and my dad and my brothers, my sisters and grandkids celebrating my mom's 46th wedding anniversary. She's always smiling. She was always happy. You know, my brother, I I won't say we had this love-hate relationship. Me and my brother, we used to fight all the time when we were little kids. Hearing her bubbly and being positive, even when she was angry, you know, we would have arguments, but she called me back. Growing up with him and, you know, him calling me on a regular basis, oh, girl, come see me. Why don't you call me? And I'm like, well, Reggie, I can't call you because you don't have a cell phone number, so I can't call you. My mom crossed the border, seven months pregnant. My dad was already here. She was pregnant with me. And they eventually bought a house, and they've been living there ever since. I think we're nine grandkids and one, two, three great-grandkids. She was family-driven and funny, lighthearted. She didn't swear. She was very church-going. Earlier in his life, he worked at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange as a runner and then did a lot of labor work, cleaning up apartment buildings. He loved to shine shoes, so he did that for years. My mother was my heart. I don't have children. She was everything to me. Everything. Everything. So I just have to, I just have to go on, you know? Well, to be honest with you, he was the dad that I didn't have. You know, my biological father wasn't around. He stepped up and did for me what my father would not. I can't say he was perfect, but he was a father. My mom is everyone's mom. If you're doing wrong, she's calling you on it. Doesn't matter who you are. If you're cold, she's going to go buy you a coat. That's my mom. She was a very stern, prideful woman. She wanted the best for you, but she's just not going to give it to you. She's going to teach you. March 16th, I remember talking to her about my favorite restaurant. I was here in the office that day, and they were talking about how they were going to close the restaurants. You know, that was the last day. And I'm like, tell the girls, I'm leaving early today, and I'm taking my mom out to eat. They have like this Norteño group, they go in there and you pay them like $20 for a song. I told them to come by us, I'm like, mom, pick a song, you know? I'm like, all right, well, Caminos de Michoacán. Caminos de Michoacán Y pueblos que voy pasando The last time she went out to dinner with her sister that lives in Mexico, her sister asked for that song. So they reminded her of her, and now that's all reminds me of her. So that's my last good memory of her. 
I talked to my brother. He called me on, I believe it was a Friday. He wanted me to come visit him and bring him some money. A lot of times that's what he asked me to do. And then I was at work and I got a call from the hospital that following Friday. The doctor said he had a high fever, but he was talking a lot. My brother loved to talk. And she said, I'm telling you, when I returned the following day, your brother was on a vent. That quick, he turned. They were telling me about his labored breathing. He was bleeding from his guts. At one point, they told me that they were going to have to give him a blood transfusion. figure if my dad is older, he would leave before me. But the way this happened, that's why it's just still unreal. And I feel like, feel like I let her down because I didn't take her out of there. And I can't do it. I can't change it. I can't go back and take her. He remained in a induced coma the entire time. They were asking me about doing a do not resuscitate order. And did you sign the do not resuscitate? I did. I'm looking at my mom right now, a big portrait, and I just still talk to the portrait. I said, there's just no way you both left me in the same month, the same year. I can't call you and talk about him. I can't call him and talk about you. He loved clothes. <laughs> um, you know, he loved dressing up. He loved shoes. He loved cologne. You know, he was that guy. He's now buried with my mother. He was cremated, but I put his remains with my mother in the same plot, so. I miss her, but I know I'll see her again. So it's all right. It's all right. I think that's what keeps me going. My mom, you know, I think she taught us to be giving, forgiving, and not to dwell on things. And that things happen for a reason. And I think that that's what keeps us going right now, that we're living her memory and respecting what she taught us. I want to be at least half the person she was, because that's how amazing she was. I don't know if I can answer it that way, but just beyond amazing person. were the voices of Antonia Lopez, Daryl Johnson, Britt Anderson, Pat King, Damian Madison, Larry Price, and LaFrida Poe. This audio montage was produced by Joe Dassault. You can find more stories from the series online at wbez.org slash 50 lives. 